As we get started this morning, I just want to say this isn't my plug for Allstate Insurance. I'm not encouraging you to leave Grain Belt. I have my insurance with Grain Belt. I love them. They do a great job for me. Uh, so I just wanted to lay that out there before we get started. But these, these Mayhem commercials, these are some of my most favorite commercials. I love these commercials. Some of you may not like these commercials. Uh, Tom back there said, I hate Mayhem. Um, you know, th- these commercials are about a guy who, who's there. He's Mayhem. He's He's there in every situation that we go through. He's causing devastation in our lives. Um, you know, but, but I truly, truly do love these commercials. But you know what? Mayhem, chaos, it, it's everywhere that we go. It's all around us every day. We, we can't go anywhere without mayhem being there. Am I right? It, it, it's, it's just there. You know, mayhem's a lot of different things. Mayhem, it, it might be... A teenage girl who's texting while driving her car. It may be a storm that's blowing and blows a tree over into your house, or um, it may be a careless person at a at a tailgate event who who forgets to put the fire of the grill out and something blows up. Uh, you know, mayhem is different things for different people, but the fact of the matter is is that mayhem is everywhere. And the point of this commercial is that we can't escape the mayhem in this world. We can't escape it. It's, it's all around us. Everywhere that we go, everything that we do, it's there. And so we need a good insurance to protect us from the mayhem. You know, the reason that these commercials are so effective is because they're funny. You know, we watch them, and, and they're funny. We get a good laugh out of them. And when we, when we get hooked into that, when we laugh at it, it we remember that. It, it sticks in our mind, and, and we, we can remember but the thing about it, it's also so true. Because life is mayhem. And we have no control over the mayhem in our lives. We have no control over the weather. We have no control over storms that, that uh, blow things over, blow trees over and, and tear things up. We have no control over tornadoes and, and natural disasters. We have no control over other people. We have no control over our health. And oftentimes we're, we're negligence. The only wreck I've ever been in was when I was in college. And about a month ago, Colton preached a sermon and talked about a time that I was in between cars. And in fact, most of my first year of college, I was in between cars. So whenever I had to go someplace, I'd have to ask somebody to borrow their car. Um, Colton talked about a time where I borrowed Andy's car and, and, uh, you know, he was more than welcome to let me borrow that vehicle. And I had another friend, her name was Sarah, and I, Sarah would, uh, let me borrow her car if I needed it. Well, I asked Sarah, can I borrow your car? I have to go run some errands. And she said, sure, take my car, no problem. So I took her car, I ran a few errands, and I was on my way back to the dorms. And, and as I was driving down Main Street in Joplin, I went through a green light, but the car, at the intersection, didn't see that they had a red light, turned right out in front of me, and I smacked right into the back of that car, totaling out Sarah's car. Her radiator fell. I had, I had antifreeze all over the ground. We had to have it towed back to the dorms. Um, but that's the only accident that I've ever been in. Christine, when we were dating, was taking classes at Northwest College, studying for her, her bachelor's degree in child and family studies, and, and uh, she was on her way back from class, and she was tired from classes. She and she was distracted 
while she was driving home. She was looking over here at what was going on, and when she turned back to the road, there was a utility truck in front of her that was turning. And it was too late. She slammed on her brakes, and she slammed right into the back of that utility truck, totaling out her car. Another story recently I saw on Facebook, a friend of mine from college. His name's Jim Dalrymple, and, and Jim's actually a professor at the college now. Um, they came home from the 4th of July to see their house in flames. Somebody was shooting fireworks, and a, and a firework landed near their home, and it started a fire, and it caught their house on fire. You know, these things are devastating. They cause stress to us. But this is why we have insurance. We have insurance to protect us from the mayhem that's in our lives. And as we read through Scripture, mayhem and chaos, it's a major theme throughout the Scripture. And in Genesis 1 is where we begin and we see uh, when, when we're introduced to God who created the heavens and the earth. But as he created the heavens and the earth, we see that it's chaotic. There's mayhem. There's no order to anything. It's just kind of there. The Spirit of God's moving across the faces of the waters, and, and then God begins to bring order to the chaos. We read it says he created lights, and he separated the waters from the dry land. And once the waters are pushed back, then land emerges. And now life can flourish. So now we have vegetation. We have season. We have the sun, the moon, and the stars in the sky. We have the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. We have animal life that's been created. We have human life that's been created. And after God's finished with this creation, He looks at what He's done and He says, it's very good. And at this time, at this moment in life, there's no mayhem. There's no chaos in the world. Everything is perfect that God has created. But as we continue to read on through the Scriptures, we know what happens. It doesn't take long for humans to introduce mayhem back into this good and perfect world that God has created. Adam and Eve desire to determine their own version of good and evil. And as we continue to read on through the Scriptures, we see that Cain kills Abel. We see that Lamech brags about the people that he's killed. And then by Noah's day, there's mayhem everywhere. The chaos and the mayhem have taken over the world once again. So what does God do? God begins to perform an act of decreation. And we know what happens. The waters start, they rise, and they flood the earth. And then once again, the waters reside, and dry land begins to emerge once again. And now humanity can once again flourish on the earth. But then Ham introduces the mayhem back into the world, and it just happens over again. And in the Scripture this morning, we're going to, we're going to discover that the sea becomes a symbol of mayhem in the Bible. It's almost demonic in, in places where sea creatures live. It's chaotic. It's, it's mayhem. In the Scripture, in the book of Psalm 89, 9-10, it says, You rule over the surging sea. 
When its waves mount up, you still them. You crushed Rahab like one of the slain. With your strong arm, you scattered your enemies. In Isaiah 27.1, it says, In that day the Lord will punish with His sword, His fierce, great, and powerful sword, Leviathan, the gliding serpent, Leviathan, the coiling serpent, He will slay the monster of the sea. And in Daniel chapter 7, verses 2-3, through it says, Daniel said, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me were the four winds of heaven churning up the great sea. Four great beasts, each different from the others, came up out of the sea. And then as we read on in our Scripture in the book of Revelation, it describes heaven as a place with no sea. Revelation 21.1 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. So heaven is described as a place with no, no man. There's no chaos, but only peace. Our text today, if you'd like to follow along, is out of the book of Mark, chapter 4, 35 through 41. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. And this is the story of Jesus calming the storm. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind. They took him along just as he was in the boats. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boats so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So in our scripture this morning, we read the account of of when Jesus calms the sea. He calms the storm that's going on. And Jesus had been teaching about who His family is. He had been teaching about all of those who do the will of God and and, um, and the parable of the soils and its connection to faith. And Jesus tells His disciples He wants to go over to the other side of the sea, to the Gentile territory. So they launch out their boats and they head over to the other side. Most likely we're talking about a Galilean fishing boat. Um, to get a good idea of this, Chad uh, Winder works for FedEx, so he drives a, a FedEx truck, probably about 26 feet in length, I'd imagine. So that's probably kind of what we're talking about here. The size of this boat is kind of relative to a, a FedEx or a UPS truck. So this boat, it, it, it's a fishing boat. It could have been sailed. It could have been rowed. So we're not talking about a a ship from the Pirates of the Caribbean, but just an ordinary Galilean fishing boat. And as they were sailing to the other side, a storm comes up. 
Now, if you know anything about the Sea of Galilee, this is something that's very common. Storms come and waves crash and um, the storms can be very violent on the sea. And in 1992, there were reports of waves that were in length of 10 feet high crashing into the shores of the Tiberias. And we also know that fishermen didn't go out in these storms because they were so bad. The storm comes and the disciples were afraid. Jesus says he's sleeping under the stern. I want you to kind of get a good visual picture of what's going on here. So the disciples, they're in this boat. The waves are crashing. The boat's being tossed around. If you've ever been out in a boat on the lake, you kind of know what that's like a little bit as the the waves are crashing and your boat's kind of being tossed. I want you to imagine being in an ocean with 10 feet tall waves crashing around your boat, just a small fishing boat. If I were in that boat, I'd be freaking out too right there with the disciples. But Jesus, it says that he's in the stern of the boat sleeping. Now this stern that we're talking about, it's probably just a little cubby in the front of the boat with a cushion, big enough for probably one person to be in. It says that Jesus is sleeping under the stern. The scripture says, Jesus, or teacher, do you not care that we perish? Jesus wakes up. He calms the storm. He then turns to his disciples and says, why are you so afraid? Do you still have little faith? They're terrified and they ask one another, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So up to this point in the scripture, they don't truly know who Jesus is. I mean, they know that he's a rabbi. They know that he's a teacher. They know that he's the Messiah, but they haven't begun to to put all the pieces of the puzzle together yet. And this is the purpose of the miracle. They know who can calm the sea. They're they're well acquainted with the Psalms, and, and they know that it's God who can calm the sea. And we read that throughout the book of Psalms. And now Mark is prompting his readers to ask who has the power to calm the sea, to push back all the mayhem that's going on and allow life to flourish. Friends, there's only one person that can calm the mayhem. There's only one person who can calm the chaos in our lives, and that person is Jesus Christ. Jesus is more than a rabbi. He's more than the Messiah. Jesus is the Son of God. When we read this text, something should stand out to us. The fact that Jesus is perfectly fine with letting the storm rage on. Jesus is at perfect peace within the mayhem going on around Him. In In the disciples' question of Do you not care? That should resonate with each and every one of us. God, do you not care about my cancer? God, do you not care about my marriage that's falling apart and and that it's most likely going to end in a divorce? Do you not care? God, do you not care about my job that I've just lost and I, I don't have the money to pay my bills? I don't know what I'm going to do 
do you not care? How many times have you prayed for God to calm the storm in your life, but the, the chaos just seems to continue on? In this situation, in this story out of the book of Mark, Jesus calms the storm, but then He rebukes His disciples for their lack of faith in fearing the storm going on around them. So what's Jesus trying to teach us? Jesus was in the boat. God was in the boats. And the disciples had yet to realize who Jesus truly was. You see, there was no need to fear because the master of the tempest was in the boat. I grew up in in an old church. We're about probably 20 to 30 people in this church. It was small. You know, I, I, when I first came here, I had people tell me this was a small church. No, this is a huge church compared to what I grew up in. My dad was the pastor of the church for about 18 years or so, and, and my grandma, God bless her heart, she was the piano player. She didn't read music, but she would chord stuff and we would sing along. And we sang every hymn known to man, and I could sing every hymn in that hymnal to you this morning if I wanted to. I, I know them all. There's a hymn. It's called, Master the Tempest is Raging. It says, Whether the raft of the storm-tossed sea, or demons or men or whatever it be, no waters can swallow the ship where lies the master of the ocean, earth, and skies. They shall sweetly obey thy will. Peace be still. Peace be still. Friends, I don't want you to, to misunderstand me this morning because God doesn't care if you ask Him to take away the storms in your life. No, God wants us to come to Him with all of our needs, and He wants us to trust that He is in control and that He can take care of whatever we're facing and that He can save us. But He also desires for you to trust Him enough to let your faith overcome your fears if He doesn't calm the storm in your life. In the parable of the soils, he talks about uh, the rocky ground where one hears God's truth and their faith brings life, but then problems come. You see, their faith isn't deep enough to survive when the problems don't go away because they have little faith. If you've ever looked at an old mariner map, you'll often see pictures of sea creatures on them. They appear in, in places on the map where there's probably danger, where bad things have happened, where, where ships have been out and not returned, or, or ships have, have wrecked. So they mark them with these, these uh, sea creatures on the map. In the British Museum in London, there's an old mariner's chart that was drawn in 1525 outlining the North American coastline. And there are notations showing... Reefs, harbors, and dark areas that have words like, here be giants, here be fiery scorpions, and here be dragons. Sir John Franklin bought that map in the 1800s. Who, and Sir John Franklin, he was an explorer himself, and he didn't like those words that were inscribed on the map. So he inscribed over the words, here be giants, scorpions, and dragons, with the words, here is God. 
see, big faith knows that there's going to be chaos in this world. And big faith knows that God is in control of that chaos. Big faith has found peace with Jesus in the midst of the mayhem. Because no waters can swallow the ship where lies the master of the ocean, the earth, and skies. See, Jesus may not always calm the storm when we ask, but we are promised that He will be with us in the midst of that storm. He will carry us through whatever problems we are facing in this life, and we are promised that one day that all things will be made new. And there will be no sea. There will be no mayhem. There will be no chaos. Only peace. And as Katie comes up this morning for our time of invitation, I just want to say this. I don't, I don't know what storms are raging in your life. I don't know what you're going through right now. But I know that we all have storms that we're facing. Storms that are huge. Storms that are bigger than we are. Storms that we don't know how to overcome on our own. But I want to encourage you with this, that God knows your storm. God knows your troubles. And if you lean on God, if you put your faith in Him, He's going to carry you through that storm. He's going to be right there with you along every step of the way if you call on Him. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, God, we love You so much and we thank You for today. God, we thank You for these words that, uh, Father, that You put here for us. Father, we thank You that we can go to the Scriptures and, and, uh, and gain something so valuable from it. Father, I just pray for everyone here this morning and Father, every, everyone that's not here, Father, um, that needs these words. Father, I, I pray that You would calm the storm that we're facing. Father, if that's not Your will, Father, I just pray that You would be there with us through it. Father, and that You would see us through it. God, You're so awesome, and we love You so much, and we thank You for everything that You do for us each and every day. We pray this in Jesus' holy name.